When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. And I'm Ryan Zook. I'm Aaron McMahon. The Michigan football team dropped its second game in a row on Saturday, a lopsided loss at Indiana. What is going on with Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines? We tackle that question on this episode of the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. Well, guys, where we uh, sort of left off with our with our last episode was, you know, can Michigan bounce back uh, from their loss? It was something that hadn't that had happened, you know, under Jim Harbaugh for the most part, avoiding consecutive defeats. We all thought they would, but uh, in keeping a trend of of this weird, strange season, we were all wrong again. Uh, <laughs> oh, in three <laughs> for oh, all of us. Yeah, right. Uh, Maybe. Oh, Right, oh and oh and nine. Uh, so yeah, Michigan, Michigan did not bounce back against Indiana, and honestly, wasn't wasn't. I don't want to say. Is it a stretch to say they weren't competitive there? I'll, I'll ask you that. Were they, were they competitive in this game? It was thirty eight twenty one when all was said and done, and Indiana just had answers for every time. Uh, you know, Michigan tried to make a game of it, and and there were just a, there were issues in this game that we hadn't even seen in previous games, but some of the same ones. So yeah, I guess. Just thoughts on on Michigan's thirty eight twenty one loss to Indiana. Yeah, I don't. That's a good question. I don't know if you consider them. Comp- I guess I don't. Know, it depends on your definition of competitive. They they were able to tie the game, I think, once or twice, but they never had the lead like the week before against Michigan State. So that's a, that's a good question. Uh, it was another. I don't know a thorough being from from Michigan opponent this uh, this Saturday. I mean, Indiana took advantage. Uh, I think I wrote on them live, but. I think Michigan State kind of drew up the blueprint for how to beat this Michigan defense, and, and Indiana pretty much followed it to a T. Uh, it was another good uh, record day for their quarterback. Uh, they had a record day for one of their receivers. They threw the ball around a lot, took advantage of Michigan's defense, and Michigan just didn't have an answer for them defensively, didn't have an answer for them offensively. They were one-dimensional. They were kind of taken out of the rhythm, and it was – I don't know. It, it, it was it was kind of surprising. You know, we, we all knew this Indiana team, I think, was better than – then obviously years past, they had a good showing last year, but the, the way this game ended and the way it happened just goes to show, I think this Michigan football team is, is far, far from being good at this point. If you want the short answer for me, Andrew, no, it was not a competitive game. I mean, your mission was down 24 to seven at halftime and they never got back to within single digits. So, I mean, it felt like yeah. Indiana was in control for, for the entire game. And even when Michigan kind of showed glimpses of life, Indiana came right back to, to take it away. So, I mean, yeah, we were talking about how embarrassing the Michigan state loss was. I mean, this Indiana is a better team, but it still w- right. wasn't much better for, for, for Michigan. 
Yeah. I mean, in a vacuum losing, you know, on the road to an Indiana team that, uh, you know, was, was ranked in the 13th, um, you know, clearly, you know, very good football team this year, not embarrassing, but on the heels of, of, of the previous week and yeah, to not even be, you know, really close in this game is, is, is worrisome if you're Michigan. Yeah. Some of the problems that, you know, we had seen before, you know, Aaron mentioned being one dimensional offensively. I mean, they just, they just could not, could not run the ball. Uh, and they stopped trying. That was a, that was the bigger. Well, thing. right. After the first half, they just stopped. Mm-hmm. So that was yeah. <laughs> that it's, is. That it's is. tough to run the ball though when you're down twenty four to seven at halftime, and you know you have two two tackles in there that that aren't. Uh, or when you're missing two starting tackles and you're down by that many, I mean, it's kind of tough to commit to your run game still, um, knowing that you haven't gotten any production in, in really two two games now from from that group. In a group that was supposed to be the strength of this offense heading into the season has right. been pretty underwhelming here. Through uh, outside of that, Zach Charbonnet's seventy-yard run and Hassan Haskins' sixty-six-yard run in the in the opener. I mean, it, that group has been uh, pretty below average in uh, in most aspects. And then, yeah, another issue, of course, that that uh, popped up was just the the secondary kind of getting getting torched. I mean, like like Aaron said, Michigan State showed a blueprint, and Indiana has some talented receivers of their own, and they just they just went to them uh, over and over again. Um, you know, picking on Michigan's uh, you know weaker defenders back there, and you know for the for the folks who said, well, you know, you gotta you gotta adjust, you gotta maybe do some zone. I mean, it looks like Michigan did do that at times yeah. uh, in this game, and it that just didn't work either. You know, eventually you just you know you need the players to to kind of uh, you know make some plays out there, and it just it just was not was not happening. And Indiana, I mean, took advantages over and over again. Uh, you know, when all of a sudden done, Penix threw fifty times. He threw the ball fifty times. Even with Indiana's big lead, they continued to throw because that was what was uh, that was what was working for them. It's a concern, absolutely. Michigan's defense now two 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 weeks in a row getting torched yeah you yeah. mentioned you mentioned the defensive backs getting torched again but i mean th- this pass rush has to be better too you can't yep. afford mm-hmm. to let these corners cover for longer than a few seconds because they just don't have the the talent and the and the skill set to be able to cover for longer than, than a few seconds i mean vincent gray has been <laughs> has been exposed time and time again and when you're not getting to the quarterback i mean second straight game with without any sacks for michigan they got a a few quarterback hurries, but for most of the time when Penix was dropping back 50 times, there wasn't much, he wasn't under much duress uh, for most of the game. And and that's, that's, that's another area that was supposed to be the strength of this team. Uh, I'll bet losing Aiden Hutchinson early in the first quarter didn't help. I mean, pretty pay went down later in the game as well, but uh, mm-hmm. somewhere this, this, they need to start getting, getting more pass rush without sending everyone because that doesn't, that doesn't help either. So a lot of problems for this defense moving in or heading into this Wisconsin game. Yeah. Um, it, it, we, we've talked a lot about Vincent Gray and he had another, another poor showing, but it wasn't just him. I mean, Jamon Green got beat. Brett Hawkins got beat. Makari um, Page got beat. And I think Michigan trying to mix up things with their man and, and, and press schemes and, and zone schemes have, have kind of, and I, I'm going to write about this at some point this week, but Don Brown's identity on defense is like gone now. I mean, we, you mentioned the issues with pass rush up front. They can't get that. They, they can't defend guys in, in the secondary and, and all the mixing up is just, I think Michigan's defense at this point is lost. And then obviously seeing, you know, what Michigan state has done, Indiana has done now. Uh, I, I don't know where they go from here. You know, Dom or Jim Harbaugh has said now a couple times that Vince Gray is Michigan's best corner. I don't know if that's at this point. I don't know if that's a good thing to, to be saying. 
Um, <laughs> I don't I don't know what else they do at this point. Do you move Daxon Hill over and have him play corner, straight up corner? Because he he looked pretty good the other day at a couple pass breakups. You know, he 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 did his own, he held his own, but again, he he can only do so much. I mean, there's there's four guys back there. Uh, and then so, that probably right. means more Matari Page and Matari Page. Has, I mean, he's a true freshman and he hasn't played very well this year either. So I mean, there's just no depth in that secondary, and you're you're seeing that on a weekly basis at this point. Yeah. Yes and no. I, I think there's depth. They just have a ton of experience. They don't. They, have, they just haven't had a ton of guys that played in this position before. Well, and, and when I say depth, I mean viable options at, at the position to come in for other guys. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. they have options, but I don't think any of them are, are good options at this point. Right, and but what my, I guess the larger point I was getting to is what does that say about the talent development Michigan has had there, especially in the secondary the last year or two? I mean, they, they've kind of relied on Ambry Thomas, Levert Hill. Um, they haven't been able to really bring those – they haven't had time to bring along those younger guys. They, they missed spring. They missed, you know, part of fall camp. You know, it's it's going to be I, – I, I'm most interested to see how the secondary if bounces back, if it bounces back here this season because they're going to go – again, there's some more – um, high-powered offenses they have to go up against. Wisconsin, theoretically, Saturday. You got Ohio State still on the schedule. Maryland has shown that they can throw the ball down the field and move quickly. After seeing what happened Saturday against Indiana, and it wasn't, I guess it wasn't a shock. I think going into this game, I expected Indiana to kind of try what, what Wisconsin did last week. But to have that showing and, and be able to do it almost as effectively as Michigan State did just goes to show that this this Michigan defense just isn't very good. Does it seem like the Minnesota game was like months ago at this point? It seems like that was forever ago. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say it, <laughs> at this point that that we can kind of say that was a mirage in a way because you know we kind of saw what Minnesota has done since. You know, granted they they won this Saturday against Illinois, but you know we know what that the problems that they have and you know just again. Um, well, again, Minnesota didn't throw the ball; they just ran the ball. Right, <laughs> they had a poor game plan, or you know, you just didn't know. Now that tape is out. I think we can we can view that game differently. Um, you know, if you're looking for positives, I, I kind of like what Michigan has with their wide receivers, particularly some of the young guys. I think Cornelius Johnson and Roman Wilson can be can be really good. I, I still think the issue that we talked about all in the preseason exists. A lot of good slot guys, a lot of a lot of good receivers, but is there that just throw the ball down to down the field, you know, type of guy. Go up and go up and get it, you know, one on one. Maybe not. I think Johnson maybe has the best shot to potentially be that guy. But uh, but yeah, that's that's I think you know, potential bright spot is, is some of the some of the receivers. Yeah, that that deep post route he ran for that thirty-seven yard touchdown was pretty impressive. I mean, he was able to get separation, made a nice catch. I'm like, are we going to see more of this moving forward? But I mean, outside of that, you didn't really see those many many deep shots. I mean, Ronnie Bell had a couple of big gains again, but a lot of it was on, on those crossing routes where he was able to get some yardage after catch. He had that one touchdown catch, which was a great ball from Joe Milton and a great catch from him. But yeah, other than that, you don't see many just straight like vertical routes from these receivers and going up and, and grabbing the ball. That's where they miss. I think Nico Collins the most at this point. Yep. Uh, I, I think if he were, you know, he would, if he was there, it would give Michigan obviously another weapon. But again, you know, we've talked about the offensive line, and, and they haven't exactly been the best, uh, not only the, obviously in the run game, but the pass game as well. I mean, so, I mean, Milton was sacked three times. Uh, he had a handful of tackles for loss. I mean, they were able to get to the quarterback and, and kind of pressure Milton quite a bit. This Michigan offense is going to be something to watch here because they have to figure something out in the offensive line to, to give themselves more time. We don't know at this point how long Jalen Mayfield and Ryan Hayes are going to be out. Uh, but the fact that they are, the fact that Michigan is willing 
to divulge that they were both injured and, and did not travel with the team tells me it could be a longer thing than we think, like multiple games. So Michigan's gonna have they're gonna be they're gonna have problems. They and they have problems. Uh, how they bounce back and if they bounce back will be I think the key to whether this team can kind of turn things around. Because uh, at this point, you know, Michigan's defense was bad. We talked about it a lot too, but Michigan's offense wasn't unable to keep up either on Saturday. They just they couldn't find a rhythm. They had a couple of decent drives where they moved the ball quickly and got touchdowns, but a lot of three and outs, a lot of inefficiencies, and just a lot of mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. So that you know, that kind of brings us to, to Jim Harbaugh here. We we're probably going to continue to have this discussion kind of throughout the season. Well, last week, kind of we talked about how just because you know initially you might have thought who's better for the job doesn't mean that now it's not time to actually try to seriously explore that question. And I, I think a, a point I'll make this week is that you know you hear a lot about this is what the team looks like in year six. And I'll say I'll say this. I mean, the goal is to you know, take over a program and ascend, ascend, ascend. And then once you reach that top level, just kind of maintain, right? I mean, that would be the goal. That's what some of these, the Clemson's, the Ohio State's, Alabama's have done. I think it, it's very difficult. Many programs have some ups and downs and, you know, maybe Michigan under Jim Harbaugh in year one was maybe better than you expected. You know, the fact that year five was, it was pretty, it was good last year at times until the end, you know, it was better than year six now. I, I don't know. Part of me wants to say, again, I, I've said this is kind of a fake season. It's a weird season, but Machine hasn't really been hit by COVID that we know of, um, you know, did lose some players to opt outs, but a lot of programs did. Yeah. And here they are just sputtering here, uh, you know, early in the season. So I don't know. I think, I think I'm, I certainly agree with what Aaron said last week about, I don't see, I don't see Michigan just, you know, getting rid of Harbaugh, especially given what's going on, you know, the athletic department, uh, you know, budget situation in a pandemic. I don't think they're going to pay a, you know, a coach, they're going to, not going to pay two head coaches for Michigan football. So at the very least, I think, you know, he, he gets next year to try to see, see what he can do. But I mean, it's, it's certainly not, it's reasonable to start thinking about, you know, who else might be out there. Yeah, I, yes and no. I mean, I'm still of the opinion that Michigan isn't going to move on with, from Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh may choose to move on and go to the NFL from their job, uh, you know, approaches itself. But I think a lot of this talk right now about Harbaugh and potential replacements is just at this point, I think it's a lot of outside noise. I don't, I don't foresee him going anywhere at this point. I really don't. Um, you know, Jim has made it apparent and clear. I think he likes to hear Michigan. He wants to be here. Michigan's made it. As I said this in the past, Michigan has said they want him to retire here. Um, so I don't see them moving on from him, you know, this first wave of, struggles and, and whatnot, I think they're going to give an opportunity to try and ride this out and, and, and get this corrected. Now it may take the rest of the season. It may take the you know beginning of next season. You know, there are, there are some deficiencies on this team. I think they got to recruit better and they got to improve in certain areas. But at this point, I, I just, I don't see anything happening this year. You mentioned that, you know, this, this COVID season being different. I do think he kind of gets a mulligan this year. I know, I know Michigan fans probably don't want to hear that, but that's just reality of the situation. Uh, you know, they're, they're, inexperienced on offense or young on offense. They're, they're clearly lacking, I think, in talent in some areas on defense. Uh, and I think they're going to they're gonna give them an opportunity to try and prove. Now, what happens beyond next year? Again, I, I can't say. I mean, Jim, Jim may decide to go move on, may, go, may decide to go to the NFL, maybe a job opens up. But I don't see Michigan fire him at this point anytime soon. Uh, I, I do think that the conversation we should be having, and, and some fans are, you know, have brought it up, is whether Jim should stick with some of his assistant coaches. I think there's an argument to be made that maybe Jim should reconsider defensive coordinator. You know, you could put the, some of this blame on maybe some of his defensive assistants. And, and again, that's his decision. It's his program. So I think the blame falls on him with, the, with that regard as well. But 
I don't think Jim Harbaugh is going anywhere anytime soon. And it would surprise me if something were to change in that, in that regard. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, I guess I, I guess I would disagree a little bit as far as anytime soon. I guess it depends how we, how we describe that again. I don't see them doing anything this off season, but next year is his final year of his contract. Yes. I mean, so at that point, a decision has to be made. Um, you can't, you can't just do nothing. He's not going to coach without a contract. So yeah, I mean, you know, they go four and four, say this year, something like that. And then, you know, next year is also somewhat mediocre, even if it's more like a year that we've seen under Harbaugh where they, they beat the teams they're supposed to, but blowout loss to Ohio state say, and you know, another loss or two somewhere in there. I mean, I, I just wonder if at that point, you know, it's, even if it's mutual or whatever, someone else uh, is coaching Michigan football in 2022. Um, I, I, so, yeah, I think yeah. I think at that point, that's probably the most realistic scenario playing out here. You know, this whole talk of Michigan firing him or, or him leaving. I just, at, at this point, I, I don't, I don't see, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, no, I agree. There's a difference between firing and just, well, we're not renewing your contract, but it'll be, it'll be something, something to watch uh, for sure. So yeah, we'll be previewing, uh, we'll have more podcasts later this week, including, you know, of course, a, a preview of the Wisconsin game. Should that actually be happening? Let's just leave our listeners with kind of what what's the latest with, with the Wisconsin football team that has not played now the past two weeks because of a COVID-19 outbreak. Well, the latest I got is that the cases are declining. Uh, they're down, I think, 14 active cases as of Saturday. Down from 27. Yeah, down from 27. Head coach Paul Christ is is apparently back in the office working. Uh, okay. So things seem to be shifting toward Wisconsin being being able to play. But I don't think a decision is going to be made until today or tomorrow. Okay. We, we, sh- we should know early this week. Um, I At this point, I, have to, I would have to guess it's going to happen. The game's going to be played unless there's another – further outbreak with the team but at this point i would say game's gonna happen Saturday. well either way expect more podcasts uh from from over in confidential here um some basketball content as well as we as we get closer to to saturday's game all right thank you for listening